you are going to love our guest on this episode of Locked On Bruins. As we welcome you into the show, I'm Brian Fenley. You can find me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio and a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show. Our guest, the one and only Lokeni Toyaloa, a stalwart on the Bruins defense for many, many years. He can be found on Twitter, at Lokeni the Great, and here he is. One of the great Bruin linebackers to come out of Westwood, Lokeni Toyaloa, joining us here on Locked on Bruins as he nears the NFL draft and figuring out where his next home will be. Lokeni, I know you've got a couple weeks and refining your game and polishing off your skill set until the draft. Appreciate you coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Here to promote you and Bruins. And before, we have got a whole lot to talk about. Before you were a Bruin, though, I want to learn more about what you were like. Before you were even a top college prospect, give us a sense of, of what you were like as a kid growing up and, and coming up in Rialto, California. Um, it's actually a, a crazy little story like compared to where I am now, compared to uh, as opposed to when I was a little kid. I'm all just like everybody else, and i got a big family. Eight of us total, so I have seven other siblings, um, two older, two other, or two brothers at the time. I got four sisters and three brothers, so you know it's eight of us total. And just growing up playing football, originally I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the guy on the team or wasn't the guy who started, you know, playing football in little league. You know, everyone since you pay to play, you're required a minimum amount of plays every game. And when I played, my first year playing football was 2008. And I was one of the kids who played the little league minimum plays because I paid. You know, I wasn't really good at it. I was this big, you know, short, fat kid. I always got out of breath when running that practice. You know, didn't really like it at first. And, you know, I just ended up playing. At the time, it was a minimum of five plays. The league I played in, so every player had to play at least five plays. And I was one of those kids who got my five plays every game, and that was it. When you were that young, what position were you playing? I was playing uh, nose guard. I started off playing uh, I started off playing D-line and O-line. So when did you start to show coaches that, look, I'm better than playing only five plays? It actually happened, that was my fifth grade year, my first year playing football, um, five-play player. And then that following year, I was in uh, sixth grade, and I ended up playing, uh, I started off the season playing uh, running back and linebacker, and then I ended up getting moved back to O-line. So I played, uh, I played left guard, but still played linebacker. And I ended up making uh, the all-conference team that year. Uh, my second year, if I ended up making the all-conference team that year for O-line. So it was a, a quick turnaround within just a year of just being a little kid. Did you basically have like a wake-up call as far as the turnaround? Like, hey, I am not okay with only getting in the, the bare minimum in a game. What switched for you or what, what changed? And what motivated you to not be okay with that? and to, like you said, start getting more playing time, getting coaches' attention, and get more of those accolades? Um, honestly, it was my brother, uh, Lange, who's also on the team, uh, number 26, because he played as well. You know, we're in the same grade, same year, and we both ended up playing uh, football the same year in fifth grade. But since I was always bigger and heavier, I was in fifth grade playing on the team with the seventh and eighth graders while Lange was in fifth grade, and, you know, he was smaller at the time. And so he was actually with our age group of fifth graders or whatnot. And on his team, he was a premier player on his team. Uh, he played micros that year. He was playing micros, and I was playing peewee our first year. And he was on micros playing running back, you know, killing it, touchdowns every game. And you know, everyone was like, yeah, I go Langley in his game, having fun watching him play. Then come my game, it's like, all right, there's nothing really, like not really caring for me because I was only playing five plays. 
and just growing up being a competitor and obviously having a brother, you know, just the same grade doing everything. You know, we obviously compete. And just seeing the, the success he had those first years and, you know, just me not having that same success, I feel like that's really what drove me to that next year. And then with uh, also my dad ended up being a coach on my team that second year as well. So between my brother just being a star in our park and, uh, you know, just building a name, uh, you know, building a rep and a brand for our last name in that park for football and me not doing that. And then just seeing that and having my dad coach me the next year, kind of just, I think just clicked into gear, I guess. And I just ended up from there, it was just rolling, just had to start, just fell in love with the game eventually. No question. And we're joined by Lokeni Toyloa, star Bruin linebacker. And that love and passion for the game really did show because you became ESPN's number one inside linebacker in the country in the class of 2016. And you, when you were making your decision of where to go to school, UCLA, you had other schools that were on your mind, and then you had USC as well. What swung you in the direction to come and join the Bruins? Um, honestly, I knew just going through the whole process in college, you know, it was a blessing to be in the position I was in and, you know, having the chance to be able to go to school essentially anywhere I wanted to. But for me, family family's the biggest, family's like the biggest thing in my life. You know, especially having a bunch of siblings at the time. And at, at that time, uh, I just had my little brother, who's seven now, but he, he was just born. You know, just having a little brother and not wanting to be away from him, I knew I wasn't going to leave SoCal. And I just, I, I mean, I didn't want to leave SoCal. And I ended up, you know, being blessed to have the opportunity to stay in SoCal by having the offers from USC and UCLA. And so I, it kind of came down to those two in the end. Like, it was always a battle between those two schools. But then just going through the process and, you know, obviously going to since the schools are just my backyard an hour away, you know, just going to SC and UCLA and whatnot and just uh, being able to see which one I really felt myself in. And honestly, I just felt more at home with UCLA. And then uh, obviously having Kenny Clark there, you know, he went to the same high school as me. We were from the same area. Kenny's always been a guy that I've looked up to and a guy that people always compared me to. And just having that relationship with him and then just him being like a big brother in a sense, kind of. Him just being like a big brother in a sense to me and just – he really, Kenny's really what helped bridge that gap into like having a transition and knowing like what I'm getting myself into going to school. Now there's no disrespect to USC or anything like that. I just me for me personally, yeah. I felt more at home at UCLA and had a better vibe with a better relationship with guys at UCLA than I did uh, at USC. I mean, Kenny Clark was one of those big. He was a, one of the big reasons of that. He was one of the guys who helped me understand. You know, I always had a bunch of times. You know, you just talk to coaches and even when you do talk to players. When you're a recruit, you know, it's not really a personal level. There's no personal relationship. It's just regular things, you know. But just having Kenny in, uh, having Kenny in uh, my circle of friends and just having him, like him understanding, like, the same thing, like what it is, what, I'm, what I've been through growing up and things I've, I've faced and whatnot, I just kind of come from similar backgrounds and seeing how he thrived in that environment. I just – I knew, like, he I, – I knew I would uh, – be given the same opportunities that he had by going to UCLA. Yeah, that seemed to be a, a huge selling point for – 99.9% of us who will never be a highly coveted college football recruit like yourself, what's the pressure like leading into signing day, the final days? Like you said, coaches are reaching out and hitting you up constantly. Fans on social media trying to convince you where to go. What goes into the whole lead-up behind the scenes of a decision like that from somebody who's so high-profile as yourself going into college that maybe the casual fan doesn't recognize the kind of things that you go through? Um, well, for me, I can't speak on everybody else's experience, but for me personally, like I said, just 
having guys like Kenny in my corner, you know, guys I can just easily reach out to, just call or text and know that he'll get back to me. And then just, I, I knew, I, for me, I just basically kept the main thing the main thing, which at that time for me was really just picking a play where I could go excel in both football and academics and still stay close to home. So, you know, I know off the top, I, don't, I can't speak for anybody else's process, but I know for me it was really just, you know, keeping the main thing the main thing, which was at that time just simple. It was just a place where I can go excel in football and excel in, athletic, uh, excel in academics. And that's, it just came into UCLA. You know, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it can get stressful at times, you know, things, you know, just a lot of people looking up to you or like a lot of pressure. But for me personally, it never really felt like that. You know, I, 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 love, I love playing football. I love doing what I was doing. So it was never like a, a stressful thing or a tedious thing to me. It was just always, all right, I'm going to play football and, and hit the books. And I, where can I do that? The, what place will give me the best opportunities to excel equally as an athlete and in the same sense in the, the classroom? And it just came down to UCLA for me. Like I said, just I knew no disrespect. Like I said, no disrespect to SC, but honestly, they have great academics and great football as well. So it really came down to was just the environment and vibe I felt with the guys. And like just again, like Kenny Clark being a big part of that, just bridging that gap. You know, coming to practices and you know having a guy like Kenny Clark, who's a, a dominant force on the team. You know, just knowing who I am, being from his high school. So you know, obviously, guys on the team were like, "Oh, like you went to Kenny's high school," and you know, just things like that, little conversations like that. And it, it just always felt like home being there. But yeah, for me, I guess to answer the question, it never really was too stressful or anything. You know, I just, I never, I didn't do it for the fame. Really. Like at the time, just playing football, and I was playing football because I loved it. You know, I was playing, I got to play with my brother. So we didn't get to do that. My first time playing with my brother was in high school, freshman year. Didn't get to do that in the little league, junior you know, American. So it just started off just playing football because we loved the game. And then, you know, offers started rolling in, you know, success started coming. But I didn't, none of that really changed my head or change how I thought about it or anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I was going to ask you, because I thought perhaps an added incentive to come to UCLA was the fact that you get your brother to play with you. And I wanted to ask you, given that chemistry that you and your brother had and that ability to play with one another on the Bruins, was it everything you thought it would be having a sibling alongside you? Or was there something about that dynamic that that happened that you weren't expecting because not everybody gets to be in that scenario like you where they get to have a sibling right next to them on the team. Yeah, um, it, honestly, it, it was great having him there. You know, just that, he was a big reason why I went to UCLA as well. You know, he was someone, you know, our recruiting site, our recruiting paths both started off very different, which was kind of hard for me. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing for me in terms of the recruiting process. Uh, like the question you just asked before, it was never like, oh, I have too much pressure on me to perform at a certain level. The most stressful thing and, like, hard part for me going through the recruiting process was that my brother didn't have the – he initially didn't have the same success I did. When, you know, every training session we did, every practice we did, every list we did, whether it was at 6 a.m. or 7 at night, before school or after school, you know, he was always the one there with me. And to see – it was kind of hard to enjoy. It was like a bittersweet feeling because it's like, yeah, this is what I'm working for is to get these scholarship offers and go to college for free. But at the same time, you know, I was was working and grinding with my brother – and he wasn't getting he wasn't getting the same offers I was at the time, so that was kind of hard for me to see and kind of like yes I was happy for myself, but at the same time it kind of it kind of sucked and hurt because like my this is my brother right here you know we're doing everything this is our plan our dream together and for my football career to start taking off earlier than his it kind of sucked and that was the hardest part. And then when it came down to senior year all being said and done like we wanted to go to school together you know like we came up together we wanted to keep it going you know we had great success at our high school playing together we wanted to kind of keep that thing going. And go to school together, and we both wanted to stay home 
And, you know, just UCLA ended up uh, being one of the few schools that both gave us the opportunity to continue playing together. And we ended up being able to play together and still be only an hour away. So, you know, if anything happens at home, we can still come home, still be a part of my little brother's life growing up and whatnot. So that's pretty. That's, that's what it came down to, honestly. And that, that probably was the hardest part. It wasn't hard, you know, playing football, working out, training. It was more just that that mental thing, like the mental, uh, the mental things I would go through. Just not just seeing my brother not have the same success that I did, and we literally did the same exact things all the time. Your brother has since become a key part to UCLA's defense, and we're going to step away for just a moment. But when we come back, how you, Lukeny, and your brother have devised a way of communicating that is very unique but also very intriguing that's next you and your brother and you've talked about this before developed while you're at ucla a new language or code words to help you communicate out 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 on the football field what was the genesis of that how did that come about for you in terms of doing that it kind of was just something that started with uh, all our childhood friends from high school with just we have a, uh, one of our friends in our group named Andrew. He's just a, a real funny guy, like just hilarious, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And he would just come up with like something would happen. He would just come up with a little word or something, and it would end up being funny and catchy and stick on. So it kind of started as just a little language in between our group of friends from high school. And, you know, it just carried over, mainly because my brother carried over into UCLA, like just saying little things, like not really, not necessarily a code language, but it was just kind of, you know, just things we did, like we just grew up on. Like it was just, by the time we got to college, it was kind of just second nature to us, you know, just me and my brother, and then just obviously just us talking and having that relationship, and then just being in the locker room, you know, it just caught on to some people and did it to others. So you guys would basically be assessing the offense, and then would we hear you say a word to your brother or to your teammates that might have caught the offense off guard, like, hey, what did he just say? No, nah, not really. It wasn't really, like, our little co-language we had wasn't necessarily – in a football world, it was just like universal language. Like we would have a word that was just like a universal word. Like you could use, depending on the context of how you used it, is what the meaning of the word meant. Like things, just things like that. Not really like necessarily like just for football. It was just our everyday like slang lingo that we had in our own group that just translated and you know manifested into the locker room in a sense. I know you've talked about one of those words. It's goise. Is that one of your your trademarks? How many how many different words do you have? I mean, have you created? There's not. A, I wouldn't say a whole dictionary's worth, but there's <laughs> definitely like a handful of words that that we still use daily, like to this day. That just universe. You can use it in numerous different ways, just based on just the context of how you use it determines what the word means. Lokeni Toilo is with us. Now let's switch to your own personal UCLA career. And you were moved around different positions at the outside, the inside linebacker position. Where do you feel like your talents are, are best used? Is there a position? Are you able to adapt? Where do you feel like your strengths come through the most? Um, well, for me, it's honestly, I mean, if I had to pick, obviously it would be playing linebacker. Because, you know, I just have best playing inside back because that's just the, the where I'm most comfortable and my mo- the I have the most experience at, you know, seeing how I played that in middle school, high school, and college. But at the end of the day, I'm a team first guy. So it, it doesn't matter where they want me to play or, or or what they want me to do. You know, I'm a team first guy, and I, I love playing and being on the field and just sharing that bond with guys. So it doesn't matter if they want me to play inside back or outside back or even if they want me to put my hand in the dirt. You know, it doesn't, I'm a team first guy, whatever it takes to win. 
but obviously it, my I am more comfortable and do like playing inside backer the most just because I have the most experience there. But at the end of the day, I'm a team first guy, so it really doesn't matter what they want me to do or where they want me to play because I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. How would you assess your career at UCLA from start to finish? Um, it was definitely one where, you know, I, I could see the progress every year. You know, I got better every year. You know, I didn't come in. You know, I wouldn't let the same mistakes beat me every year. Like, you could definitely see the growth of my career from freshman year to sophomore year to junior year to senior year. You could definitely see the growth. I mean, it's, it's evident in just, you know, just how I started playing. When, you know, I went from just being a special teams guy. And then, you know, I went special teams freshman year, second year. Sophomore year was special teams. I started in a couple games, you know, got a little better. And then junior year, you know, ended up being like splitting reps, playing like half the time. And then all the way up until senior year, you know, playing – getting more and more reps of these games. So it was just definitely just kind of – it was more of a gradual growth for me just every year, just adding more to my play each season and just going with that. Where do you feel like you are as a player and why an NFL team should take a chance on you? I feel like now where I'm at now at this point in my career is definitely – I feel like I'm in more better shape than I've been in my times at UCLA, you know, with that being just being more flexible, you know, actually having the right diet and locking in and all that. And honestly, I'm just I'm a guy that I'm going to come in and, and do whatever's asked of me, whether it's linebacker, offense, special teams, whatever it is. And I'm a guy that I'm just, I'm, a, I'm coachable. You know, I'm not a guy that you're going to have to worry about no red flags, you know, yes or no sir, whatever I have to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and just just work. I'm just a workhorse. I'm just going to all I know is hard work. That's what got me here. And that's just what I plan to keep doing is just keep working. What kind of constructive criticism have you had perhaps from somebody at the next level or coaches or scouts or, or people that look at you and think, hey, this is what you need to do or this is where you need to be? Um, for me, the, the biggest things throughout my whole career at UCLA have uh, just been more athleticism-wise and you know, just being more of a sideline-to-sideline backer as opposed to just straight downhill like I've been in the past, like I've been at UCLA and in high school. So I think just the biggest coaching points for me and the biggest things I needed to work on personally in my game, just my overall athleticism, you know, coming with more flexibility and just being able to go longer and harder during games, you know, play more and be able to cover more, like more sideline to sideline as opposed to just straight downhill. How did your time at UCLA, and I know there were some up and down years with the program and we were all there following you guys and rooting you on, but even in the struggles, how did you use that to battle test you? When somebody says, well, you're at UCLA and they're in the midst of rebuilding their program and you say, well, yeah, you know, there were positives to that. I, I learned how to handle adversity. I learned how to bounce back from that. Where do you stand with all of that? Um, I mean, there most definitely was, I mean, my past four years there obviously weren't the best football seasons I've had in my life or best football seasons compared to other schools and whatnot, but you know, we, I know for me personally, and the message I kept trying to convey to the team it was just like that, that didn't define us. Like, yes, we, you know, weren't winning games like UCLA previously has. We weren't having the best of seasons, but we weren't trying to let that define us. Like, we never did let it define us, no matter how bad the game was or how bad the season was. You know, we showed up just trying to be, especially for me personally, you know, just try showing up every day, being the same guy every day, and just trying to get better every day. You know, not really letting – like yeah, I mean I'm not like I'd be lying if I sat here and told you that it, it didn't hurt and it didn't bother us that we weren't, you know, having the success that we hoped for and wanted. But we at the end of the day, like it doesn't the wins and losses didn't determine who we were, dictate our our mindsets and attitudes going into every year, every season, every game. You know, we all came in prepared the best that we could, and that's just the way the cookie crumbled for us. Unfortunately, 
but there was never no downtime where I was like, okay, forget this. Like, I don't care no more. I don't want to do this. It's not working. Like, it was never any of that. You know, for me, and the message I kept trying to convey with a lot of other guys was just, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, the wins and losses, they don't, deter- they don't determine us because it's just like in life. Like, you know, if you're going to go through adversity and trials and tribulations in life, you can't let that determine you. Like, you can't hang your head and just fold because, you know, you just, you just got to keep going and going at it every day. So, yeah, there was lots of adversity, and but I just feel like I didn't really – I didn't let the adversity or the wins and losses dictate who I was or my attitude as a person or, or affect my, my work ethic. You know, yeah. win, lose, or draw, I came in with the same attitude, the same mindset every day, which is to be better today than I was yesterday. Going back to your to your time at UCLA, what was the happiest moment that you shared with your teammates? Probably it's a tie between the Texas A&M comeback and the Washington State comeback. I'd probably say the Washington State game probably takes the cake because we were at Wazoo, you know, first game of, of conference play. We're at Washington State, sold out crowd, you know, their fans. Full stadium, full house, you know, Washington State's a hostile environment to play in alone. And it was like they had a theme going on, like everybody wore black. It was like a blackout. Literally a sold-out stadium. We couldn't talk to each other. You couldn't hear anything we said. But just being able to come back from that adversity, you know, just being able to come back from that game and ended up coming out victorious. And just the transition from the crowd environment from the first quarter being – like first quarter barely being able to hear like the coaches – or like the guys on the field next to the fourth quarter, where it's just constant joy on our sideline. Like that, that was probably the most, like my most memorable favorite moment of being a Bruin. Yeah, I have to admit that that was one of the best college football games ever, and. For you to be a part of two of them, the comeback against A&M and Washington State, those are memories that you will be able to tell your own kids and their grandkids. And it's just, it must be so fulfilling to be a part of such history there. And give us a sense of what you are doing these next couple of weeks as teams figure out who they want to pick. The NFL draft is abound coming up pretty soon. Let us in inside the mindset, the schedule of Locaney Toyloa these next couple weeks. Um, it's the same mindset has been, you know. Like I said, not letting the good or bad determine or affect my mood. You know, yet despite everything that's going on, like yes, it sucks, but I can't let that, you know, determine and dictate how I go about and handle my business. Because at the end of the day, I just control what I can control, and all that is right now is just training and locking in on myself as a football player and athletically. So, yeah, I, I mean, I could be walking around bad and sad about everything that's going on, but that's not the type of person I am. That's not who I am. That's not who I was raised to be. I just control what I can control and embrace the process we're in now, embrace these times, just keep working on myself and perfecting my craft. What's your training like? Um, right now, well, initially, after season, I, I was training at um, Proactive up in Thousand Oaks, where a lot of guys train at. Uh, I, was, I was doing my pro day training there. You know, everything is going on. Pro day has been postponed and canceled or whatnot. So now I'm back home with my family, you know, staying with my family. And I'm training at another facility called Winter Circle with some guys who trained me throughout high school as well. So it's pretty much just, just training now, you know, still staying in shape, training, you know, just perfecting my, my craft, you know, just trying to be better every day. And from somebody like myself, Lil Kenny, I, I lost one of my parents when I was a kid. Yeah, I lost. Um, I actually, I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, so long ago, but I actually just, I lost my mom too as well. Um, before this in February, so it's been over a year too. So I know it's, it's been, it's been my, my parents for sure have been my biggest motivation. How do you feel that you can use your mom's 
passion and you're using that to fulfill your dreams? Just knowing that how happy just us playing football, like the position that me and my brother are in from football and the, the success we've had, just knowing how happy she was seeing that, that her sons are playing football on TV. Like just seeing that every week and the joy it brought her, that's really what keeps me going. Uh, it really keeps me going. Just seeing the joy that, that, that we brought her from playing football and just knowing that now she's really with me every step of the way. Like she's literally with me every step of the way. And she gets to see that like, yes, she may not be here physically, but she's still here spiritually, mentally, and emotionally with me. And now she's really like physically, she's able to be there and watch every process, like every step of the thing. Like, you know, she's able to watch every training session I do, watch every film session I do, watch every practice and workout I do. So that's pretty, that's probably the, the biggest thing that, that keeps me going right now is just knowing that she's actually finally able to be there and see everything that I'm actually doing and seeing uh, me grow into the man that she, she raised me to be and wanted me to be. I, I loved your message when you said, hardest thing we've had to go through, but talking to your mom, you raised some real soldiers, and you, you rest in, in love, Mama. We love you always and forever. She must be so proud of you. We are all so proud of you, Lo Kenny, and Bruin fans are all on your side, cheering you on during this stretch in your life where some cool things are about to happen for you. We are really grateful to have you here on the show, and, and thanks so much for coming on, and we all really do appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me on the show, wanting me to be a guest. Of course, for all the plays you made on the field, it would be foolish not to have you on. We needed you on this show. That, once again, is Lokeni Toyaloa. You can follow him on Twitter. Lokeni the Great is his handle. I'm also on Twitter. My handle is Brian Fenley. Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y. So looking ahead to what is in store for you later this week, tomorrow we're going to have two episodes. I'm going to have a one-on-one with Cedric Bozeman. You remember him, Bruin basketball player who got the guys to a Final Four his senior year back in 2006, former McDonald's All-American. He will join me. Also, another episode with one of my Fox Sports Radio colleagues, Bernie Fratto, who hosts a show on FSR. He's going to tell some stories about Bill Walton and John Wooden and Dave Myers. Thought you guys would very much find his storytelling entertaining. So those will be two episodes tomorrow and a programming note. Thursday, we have just signed on as a guest, TJ Leaf. He will be with us, the current Indiana Pacer in the NBA, former Bruin, NBA first round draft pick. We've got him booked for the podcast on Thursday. So spread the word. We have a ton of great content and guests. Also, Wednesday, Bruin long snapper Johnny Denblanker is going to be on. More guests coming up later in the week. I don't want to give it all away right now, but just to tease you, those are some of the high-profile interviewees we will have here coming up. I'm Brian Fenley.